0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty, yeah, Big Nasty, all-fame Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast,
1: brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo!
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. Back at you today for episode number 96, just four away from that elusive 100. Blessed that this podcast can get that far, and we're excited to bring you that episode. Super Bowl, though, that's shaping up to be a classic Kansas City taking on San Francisco. Now, I'm not a betting man, so I'm not even going to tell you who I would bet on, but I am leaning towards the 49ers, just because of that John Lynch connection. Maybe I want to see Quan Alexander win a ring yet. I don't know. But welcome back to the show. I am your host, Red Matthew. Joined alongside me as always my good buddy and co host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing today, my friend?
1: Doing pretty good. How are you?
0: Doing good. Hanging in there. It's uh you know, it does suck without Bucks Football, and it sucks because not only do you not have any meaningful football to watch on the weekends, but the rumors just get so bad. And you know, Bucks Twitter has a field day. It, they latch on to things, and, and people start spreading misinformation. It happens every year, and it seems like every year it happens sooner and sooner. But, like, I don't know, man. With the quarterback controversy you've got in Tampa Bay right now, rumors are just running wild. And, uh, of course, we're going to break those down today on the show, but what do you make of it, man? How do you how do you get yourself through these six to eight months without Bucks football, and, and how do you tune out the rumors? Because, damn it, I'm having a hard time. It's all I see anymore.
1: I try to watch as much as the Sixers, Flyers, and Phillies as I can. <laughs>
0: was,
1: you know, just try to take your mind off things. Um, no, but you know, most of it now is probably not true. So, um, like the rumors right now, like I, you know, there's a time to believe those, and and right now it's just not the time.
0: They're so uh, oddball. Like if, mm-hmm. if some of the rumors that we're gonna go over today, if you would have told me three months ago. That this is what we would be talking about in the offseason. I would laugh at you. And I mean, that's kind of where I am now. I'm still on Twitter laughing at people. But uh, the people are just grasping for straws this time of year. So, let's get into it. Let's go over a lot of these rumors on the table for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last week on the Season Review Show, which you should check out if you haven't. Our buddy Mr. Bucs Nation, James Hill, joined us for that one. Very good episode. But uh, last week we kind of mentioned the new uniforms week before that, we talked about them a little more. We haven't gotten any updates on that. I figured we'd open up, keep you guys updated on anything else we may have heard, but yeah, we've gotten no updates on the new bucks uniforms. The team is yet to make an announcement.
1: People got to stop assuming, man. Yeah. They got to stop assuming that new uniforms are coming because uh, I haven't personally heard that it's not coming, but until you hear a statement I mean, I see a lot of people on Twitter that are saying, oh, I wonder when they're going to announce the new uniforms." There's been no concrete evidence that they're going to get new uniforms. Like, there's been rumblings here and there, sure. But until they come out and make a statement like the Falcons did, like the Rams did, you know, I wouldn't believe it right now.
0: I think things are headed that way. Like, I won't even lie to you. I, I think things are looking good if you're in the market who really wants new uniforms. I think things are shaping up. We're just kind of waiting for the announcement. See, but, I
1: personally – I personally, if I had to bet, I would say they keep the uniforms.
0: Yeah, you think so? For for how much longer? Do you think they Probably have any plans year. for new ones within the next three years?
1: Probably a, another year.
0: Yeah. I think if they're going to do it, this is the year to pull the trigger. I, I mean, you know, people talked about when the new coaching staff came in, they said, oh, these coaches said that the uniforms were hideous. I never found out if that was true or not, but I'm pretty sure it would be, right? I have to imagine – Maybe we'll see, but I, I, I just I think they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna do it, and I think we're gonna find out if they get new uniforms right about the time we find out Jameis Winston's future in Tampa Bay, because that's another thing. Uniforms, no update there. So let's move on to what else we have on the slate for you guys whole lot of quarterback rumors. Tons of quarterback rumors. It is uh, Senior Bowl season. You just had the East-West Shrine game last Saturday. And uh, I'll talk about some of the guys that stood out during that game. You got the Reese Senior Bowl 71st Annual that's going to be happening this Saturday in Mobile, Alabama. We'll break down some of Evan's top guys you should be looking at for that game. But a lot of quarterback rumors. And uh, the first one we'll go over. Is probably the most ridiculous thing I've heard all season, and I don't want to open the show and sit here and trash all of these rumors and anyone who you know has a scoop, quote unquote. But it's just so far fetched to me. Like I said, it seems like people are grasping for straws, and uh, maybe you'll agree with us here. So the biggest rumor out of the Bucks this week is Philip Rivers, thirty-eight year old quarterback for the. Los Angeles Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, now a free agent, has moved his family permanently to Florida. And by the way, they're not near Tampa. They're like a six-hour drive from Tampa. But just because he moved his family to Florida, people are starting to connect the dots and say, oh, well, he's a top target for Tampa. I mean, if I'm looking at free agent quarterbacks for the Bucs this offseason, he's What is better about a 38-year-old Phillip Rivers who just played probably the worst season of his career than a 26-year-old Jameis Winston who, granted, threw twice as many interceptions, almost, I think 10 more. But, you know, we talked about with Jameis and his situation, the upside. Because if, if he can fix those turnovers by a half, he's a dangerous quarterback. I don't think there's any upside with Phillip Rivers. You bring in Phillip Rivers, as old as he is, he's a bridge quarterback to draft a quarterback in the first round next year. And that's going into the season thinking that you're going to finish with high enough position to really take a stud quarterback and use Rivers as a bridge. It just doesn't make sense to me, man. I think people are trying way too hard to make this a rumor, and I, it just doesn't have any traction in my book. But what do you think?
1: So, right now, I'm not buying this as a real rumor. However... If the Buccaneers were to just not resign James Winston and just let James Winston go the quarterback that I would put my money on them ending up with would be Philip Rivers. Um, just because you look at his play style and it's exactly the type of style that Bruce Arians wants to play. Bruce Arians has talked in the past. He loves Philip Rivers. And I mean, you know, I I understand he's thirty eight, but Bruce Arians acquired Carson Palmer when he was like what thirty four or so. Right. Um, so he's done it before, um, and you know, it's not it, it's not crazy to think. Uh, right now, I don't think the rumor is true because I think the Bucks right now are just focused on on Jameis Winston pretty much. Um, but if the Buccaneers were to to move on from Jameis Winston, I, I think the most logical person. Not necessarily what I would do, but what I believe they would do is they would go after Philip Rivers. Another reason is because Bruce Arians wants to win now. He he doesn't want to sit here and, and draft you know Jordan Love in the first round and have to wait. You know he, he doesn't want to do that. Uh, he he has to. He wants to win now. Jason Light wants to win now. Everybody wants to win now, right? Mike Evans is a great receiver. You know you don't want to waste any more years of his prime. So if you're moving on from Jameis Winston. Drew Brees, I really don't think he leaves the Saints, right? Okay. Tom Brady, I personally don't think he leaves New England.
0: They're going to give him a deal. They're going to give him the deal that he wants so he can ride off into the sunset because that's the biggest plight we've heard out of Brady's camp is he's not getting paid enough money compared to other quarterbacks in the league. They're going to give him a deal.
1: And then what? Teddy Bridgewater, who's my favorite quarterback on the open market. Um, But, I mean... He doesn't really have the arm. So if you're looking at guys like from not really from your standpoint, from my standpoint, it would be Teddy Bridgewater. But looking at it from the Bucs standpoint, if they let go of Jameis Winston, what free agent quarterback makes the most sense?
0: There's I mean,
1: I like from 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 style of the offense, what free agent quarterback makes the most sense?
0: Definitely Philip Rivers. And I was going to follow up with what you said in saying that, you know, I don't see it as a bad move if that's the route that they go. But as of right now, I believe that the Glazers want Winston back. I believe that right now, as we speak, there is probably talk going around of a deal being put together. I think they're going to try and give him a deal. And if it doesn't work out, it's not the number he wants, then I think they're going to franchise tag him. Either way, I fully believe that Jameis Winston will be in Tampa next season. So as of right now, with the lack of news that we have with the quarterback we already have... It's just hard for me to really jump on and believe stuff like this, but no, like this was- I said,
1: I'm not believing it. I'm just saying if they were to move on, right, and 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 they were focused on a free agent quarterback that they said, look, we are not drafting Jordan Love or Jacob Eason in the first round. We're not doing that. We're not sitting there and starting them right away. If they said we are going to get a quarterback,
0: then yeah, they're going to go after probably Andy Dalton
1: in market. Yeah. It's probably Andy Dalton in the trade market and Philip Rivers in fantasy. And I just think Rivers would be the more likely choice there.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Kind of like you said, he is the better fit for the offense. You're looking for something quick, something that could fit. And like I said earlier, when I first started my little rant, if they bring in Phillip Rivers, they're bringing him in as a bridge quarterback. He's not going to be the future of the Bucks. He might win a ring with the Bucks. Who knows, man? But, it, it, you know, we're talking all hypotheticals here. Uh, but, yeah, so that's the first big rumor we wanted to address don't latch on anything yet. Just kind of wait until we get an announcement if, about James and his you future. Know,
1: if you start hearing stuff of of Winston, you know, sort of Winston the Buccaneers starting to lean towards going our separate ways, and then you keep hearing Philip Rivers to Tampa Bay, that's when it gets real, right? Yep. That's when you're like, okay, this is a thing that can happen and might happen. So, you know, it also I think it depends on the price. You know, I it really does to me. If let me ask you a this is a, a hypothetical question here. So let's say the Buccaneers are sitting there with James Winston and James Winston wants $32 million a year for five years and he wants some guaranteed money in theirs too. But Phillip Rivers wants a two-year deal at $18 million a year. What are you going with?
0: Me personally, I'm still picking Jameis. I think the market value for a quarterback is right around 30 mil, which I think is fair. Um, you know, to go any north of thirty two. Thirty two would be the absolute highest. Obviously, if that's what you settle upon, that's what you settle upon. If I were the Bucks, I'd try and talk him down a little bit because yeah, I've heard some I, rumblings that I, I don't, don't really want to go gonna north happen.
1: of thirty. I don't think that he's going to get that deal. But yeah, I was just I and think I, I think Phil I think Philip Rivers ends up getting probably the years. I think a two year deal is probably Philip Rivers's uh, contract, but I, I think he gets a little bit more. I think he's more in like the the twenty three to twenty five million dollar year range for Philip Rivers. No, nah, I get it. Um, so, but I mean, I don't know. Like, he could be. I mean, he's decent, right? And Philip Rivers would win you games. I just don't know how many more games he would win you than if you just kept James Winston.
0: No, nah, I get it, man. I, I really, really do. The plight of Tampa Bay right now. It's everyone talking about it, and, of course, the rumors are going to be hotter than ever. So let's get into some other rumors that we've heard regarding the quarterback position. Phillip Rivers is off of the table. Let's go into some more realistic options that I think maybe God, some people
1: t- – I'm telling you, Phillip Rivers is realistic. Eh,
0: yeah. I, I'm, I'm,
1: not, I'm not shutting the door on that. I'm okay. not. until We don't until not they, have to. Until they sign or franchise tag James Winston, like, you can't shut the door.
0: No, you're 100% right. I'm not going to argue with you at all. I don't think they uh... – I don't know. I wouldn't shut the door on it either is what I'm saying. So there are some other rumors that people are talking about. As we just said, it is senior bowl season. The East West trying game has played the Reese senior bowl coming up this weekend. So Buccaneer scouts have been doing their due diligence and they have been scouting some quarterbacks. And, uh, one of the hottest names among those quarterbacks for the bucks to take at 14 this year, if they really wanted to is a guy that you mentioned earlier. That's Jacob Eason, quarterback for Washington. Uh, people have really been attaching themselves to that name and, um, I don't know, man. Uh, again, like I said, I look at the Buck scouts going out and looking at quarterbacks. I, I think they're just doing their due diligence. You know, it is senior bowl season. You want to see what this class is going to look like as they approach the draft. So, I don't know. Take it away. What have you got?
1: Yeah. So, um for one, I just wanted to throw out a quick tweet that, that Trevor Sikama had. Um just because I just saw it, I just thought it was intriguing. Trevor Sickle, uh, by the
0: way, up in Mobile, Alabama right now with the Pewter Report, guys. They are at all the practices this week for the Senior Bowl, so get your updates from him if this is something you're interested in.
1: So uh, I don't I don't really think he's reporting this. I think he's just sort of saying it. He said, the more I see and hear, the more I believe the potential ideal plan for the Bucks' this offseason could really be acquire a starting veteran quarterback, draft Kavon, J- Javon, I'm sorry, J- Javon Kinlaw at 14 or higher, meaning if they had the trade-up. I don't think they will. But, And it said flourish and prosper. <laughs> so um, obviously there's a little bit of a joke there at the end, but I think those two are definitely, definitely a possibility. Um, now you were talking about Jacob Eason, I believe, correct?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, so I'm not the biggest fan of Jacob Eason here. But it makes sense as to why the Buccaneers might be interested. Uh, he's got an incredible arm. He, he really does. But the issue I have with him are the, a lot of the same issues that Bucks fans have with Winston. Uh, his decision-making sometimes is questionable. His accuracy is in and out. Uh, really, I mean, just doesn't... I mean, against the bigger opponents, doesn't... Sort of underwhelms you every time. Um, really doesn't play... Up to his, his level. Uh, you know, and I I think he has some decent tools, but I just I'm just not the biggest fan of him. So however, I'm not talking I'm not the Bucks GM. I'm not Bruce Arians. So I have to look at this as a way that they would look at it. And I, I think they do have interest in Jacob Eason. I, I don't believe they're going to pick a quarterback in the first round. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: No, I don't think so either.
1: But if the second round comes around and Easton's sitting there, uh, I, I think they might pull the trigger, especially depending on what happens in free agency and the first round. Um, now, obviously, it could all change. You know, if something unexpected happens in free agency or the first round of the draft, then obviously not. But uh, I, I, I do think they would probably pull the trigger. That they, I just, for some reason... It, Jacob Eason seems like a Bruschiarian quarterback. He's got a big body, like I said, a rocket of an arm.
0: And, right and that's mean. that's the thing uh, with Eason that I noticed the most. I'll i kind of interrupt you here. And a lot of people are saying is he does that have that arm, man? And he's not afraid to make those throws. His accuracy, yeah. like you said, is in and out. But when well, he's and on sometimes
1: it, him not being afraid to make those throws gets him in trouble, and that's what and, Tampa Bay has right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're used to that at this point. But uh, when he makes those throws, man, he can make all types of throws. It's not just the fastball. I mean, he can, you know, really good fades. He can get it right in the bread basket. He's got that gift of, um, you know, when he's on it, he's on it. And his arm is a big, big strength of his. But, uh, yeah, I just want to jump that in there as well.
1: You know – when when he was at Georgia, and then he transferred to Washington, uh, and I think a lot of people were expecting him to make a big jump, and he's never really did. So it's been, like I said, just underwhelming, underwhelming, and that's why I just I can't I can't get in love with this guy. Um, speaking of love, Jordan Love. I'm I'm am I'm a bigger bigger fan of Jordan Love than I am of Jacob Eason. I think Love is Love is actually he's younger. He's younger than Eason, and Love has more more traits that that I like. Um, you know, he, he has some mobility. He's got some nice touch. His decision-making is a little bit questionable, but uh, a guy like that I would take a chance on in the second round. Unfortunately, I don't think a love will be available in the second round when the Bucks pick. So, But Eason, I mean, I think it's semi-real. Um, and especially right now, I think that's probably more real than the Phillip Rivers thing. I think whether they bring Winston back or not, I do think they're going to acquire a quarterback somehow. So why not Easton in the second round? I think it's a, it's a logical landing spot for him, and I can see why they would do it. I just don't know if I agree with it.
0: Yeah, Got to see what's available when it comes to the draft. And, and speaking of the draft, let's talk about this nonsense for a minute. So you saw the news today of how they're going to be setting up the draft in Las Vegas. They've got the stage in front of the Fountains and then they're going to be transporting players via boat to the stage. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but what one of three things is going to happen. Day 1's going to be 2 or 3 hours longer. Someone's going to fall off of the boat. Uh, like someone's going to mess up, they're going to go across the stage, the gap's going to open up and they fall into the water in their $1000 suit or there's going to be so many players looking forward to the photo op opportunity. They'll have a whole personal photo shoot out there while they're crossing the water to get their jersey in that moment. And it'll take forever. And I just—I I
1: don't think – I think, I, I think they're, that picture is exaggerating. It. I don't think it's going to be as big of a journey from where you are to the stage as this. I really as hope appears. not,
0: man. Like I hope it's – I hope they're on a track. You know, I, I don't know what, it, I don't know how they do it. I, I, but... I think they probably will be.
1: It, it is weird, but I, I like It's a cool idea. It Listen, is a cool if idea. They've and got I'm, the... I'm, I'm interested to see how they pull it
0: off. If they've got the room for it, we need to start a petition. You know what? We should do that right here on the show. If people are interested, let us know. Sound off, hit us up on social media Cannon Fire Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Sound off in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Wherever you are watching, let us know. If they go this route and they stick with the boats, which I think they will, the Bucks need to have their own custom pirate ship. That's – like, it needs to happen, okay? They are the only team who has their own ship to get draft picks from, you know, the shore to the stage. That would be badass, and I am 110% behind campaigning for that. What do you think?
1: I mean, it would be unique It'd, dude, be, it it'd be would cool. Be so... It would be actually be cool, kind of, if every team had their own like themed ship.
0: Yeah, it like, would. But, be like, be we're cool. pirates, dude.
1: Like, like, yeah, like, yeah I, I know. I'm just saying. Water. I just don't think you're going to get special treatment. I
0: mean, I don't know. When the Dolphins make their pick, are they going to have the pick ride over on a dolphin? Like, you know, that'd, that'd be cool. Be, ah.
1: Have two. Have two again on the back of a dolphin, <laughs> and just ride right over.
0: <laughs>
1: have Have Joe Burrow, just like sit on a bangle. And just teach the bangle to swim.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sure that'll go great, having a big, nasty cat who's not a big fan of water with your number one pick well, on the back. I don't know. That won't go well, up too well.
1: I, I, I guess we'll see how it goes with the Lions
0: and Panthers, too. so <laughs> And the Jaguars. Yeah, don't forget those guys. The Vikings so, are good. They got a boat. Yeah, that's true. They got a boat, big boat, not as big as ours. So... <laughs> we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show it is senior bowl season there's a lot of things that you're looking at right now if you are a big draft guy this is pure heaven for you because you get your final look at some of the biggest stars that college football has to offer so last weekend it was the east west shrine game and uh i was able to represent cfp out there at some of the practices during the week i didn't make it to the game itself because i had work that day and just didn't get off in time to get to the stadium so i wasn't Going to get there late and then fight to get in the press box. But the uh, media credentials throughout the week were really, really cool. Made a lot of great connections. Dude, me and James walked in, and within five minutes, we saw Jason Light. John Gruden was on the sidelines. Uh, Doug Marone, head coach of the Jaguars, was walking around. I mean, there were NFL scouts Everywhere, Yeah. And we got the chance to hang out with a lot of Bucks outlets, make some friends with people, and uh, it was really, really cool making those connections. But I wanted to go over some of the people that stood out from the practices I attended, uh, some guys I really, really took notice to. And, of course, I could see maybe the Bucks wanting to target these guys. And keep in mind, with the East-West Shrine game, there are some great players who have played in that game. Jimmy Garoppolo, who is in the Super Bowl two weeks from now, has played in that game. Tom Brady has played in that game. Brett Favre Lawrence Taylor, Walter Payton. A lot of NFL greats have played in this football game, the longest-running all-star game in college football history, by the way. But a lot of the talent that was there are a lot of guys who are going to be drafted on the later days of the draft, maybe some guys fighting for roster spots in training mm-hmm. camp. But there were a few names that stuck out. We're going to go over those really quickly. First and foremost, a guy that I'm sure you heard if you listened to the Pewter Report podcast, they brought him up, Rayquan Williams, defensive tackle out of Michigan State. He was wrecking face at practice all week. And the interesting thing about this guy and the two other players on this list is that You didn't really get the chance to see him up against stiffer competition. But the way that he played and his ability to not only break the pocket, but just manhandle people, you have to believe that he could hold his own against some bigger-name schools, bigger-name prospects. Uh, But everybody there, I mean, he was wrecking it all week. He was doing a really, really good job. So he was a guy that I was looking at. Now, another guy that I was looking at for not the reason you would think, Tony Jones Jr., running back for Notre Dame, played in that game, the East-West Shrine Bowl. And uh, not only is he a Tampa native, real big Tampa guy, but, uh, dude, he was really good at pass blocking. And that was where I really noticed him at first, was uh, during practice, I think it was day two, they had full pads on. They were running pass protect drills. And um, you know you'd have your quarterback, you'd have a DT come after him, defensive end, whatever it may be, and he really held his own against some of these defensive ends and linebackers. He did a good job squaring up, keeping his quarterback safe, and uh, just kind of rotating his block to where his QB had all day. He really kicked ass in that drill, so he was exciting to see. He is a quarter or a uh, running back from um, he's a running back from Notre Dame. He did have some highlights this year. But I just look at him as a good guy who can pass protect. Honestly, a little bit better than Ronald Jones. But kind of like what I said, uh, these are guys you haven't seen him up against the most stiff competition in the world. But right now, I think the Bucks are looking less at drafting a running back in the second round. Uh, that stock is, is not really going in their favor if you're looking for a running back in the second round. So maybe he's lot, a later lot guy. A lot of running backs went back. Yeah, lot. a lot of running backs returning for their season. I mean, season. you're
1: talking about Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, uh, Chuba Hubbard. I mean, man, yeah, those, those are three guys that were supposed to be, you know, second, third round picks that, that just went back. So
0: Absolutely. So I look at Tony Jones Jr. He's a local guy, and again, he really impressed me in the pass protect. So maybe he's a guy that the Buccaneers take in the uh, fifth or sixth round. Who knows? Just got to see what happens. Last guy on this list is someone I've mentioned on the show before. He's a tight end from USF. His name is Mitchell Wilcox, number 89. And uh, the interesting thing about Mitchell Wilcox is that a lot of draft grades that I've seen so far have him, his biggest con is his underwhelming frame. He's not the biggest guy in the world. You don't look at him and immediately think NFL tight end. But I think he does have an opportunity to fill out. If you give him a full offseason in an NFL weight room, I, I think he could I think he could build himself up. Now, he's not a blocker. He's not. That's not his strong suit. But he is the type of guy that you could play from the slot, sneak him out on a few routes, and he'll make sure he gets those catches for you. Uh, one of the biggest things that I had pulled from him, and it, I believe it's up on the Draft Network as well for his profile, he makes a lot of mental drops. Um, that's something that you should keep in mind with a guy like that, especially if you want to bring him in as a pass-catching tight end. But I think you give him an offseason in a weight room, let him fill out, maybe teach him how to block a little bit. That's not always easy. But he's another one of those late-round guys that could make sense for the Bucks if they want to go that direction. But any team, really. I've been a big fan of this guy all throughout his years at USF, and I think he could do well in the NFL. If he bulks up, that's the important part. So there are the guys that stood out to me during the East-West Shrine Bowl week of practice. It was really fun getting out there, like I said, making all those connections, and, of course, hanging out with our buddy James Hill, Mr. Bucks Nation. We had a good chance uh, during during the week they'd have two practices, one in the morning for the East team and then one in the afternoon for the West team. So the gap between the practices, you had a good three or four hours to go grab lunch, do what you needed to do. So me and James would go over to Central Avenue in St. Petersburg, which isn't far from Tropicana Field. And after we tear up some chicken wings, we walked up and down Central Avenue with just – I had maybe 20 Cannon Fire podcast stickers, and I was just sticking them everywhere, man. Light poles, mailboxes. There was a whole, there you go. a whole wall dedicated to stickers. It said, stick to what you love. And, of course, I slapped a few CFP stickers on there. But if you're ever in Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete – Make sure you look for those. If you send me a picture of them, i tell you what, I'll give you a free shirt. How about that?
1: So mm. uh, keep
0: an eye out for those. But there yeah, you really go, a little scavenger week. hunt. Yeah, right? Really good week of practice, and it was a great experience, great exposure for the show. So, uh, so yeah, they are the guys who impressed me the most. Now, Evan, we're going to toss things over to you because, as we just said, senior bowl season is among us. And uh, the Reese Senior Bowl 71st Annual is going to be played this Saturday in Mobile, Alabama. Some of college football's top stars, and not the East-West Shrine game stars. I'm talking first, second, third rounders maybe. So there's a lot of guys who are looking to impress this weekend. Their last look before the combine, and of course everything else that happens post-college football season. Who are some guys that people should watch in this Saturday's game?
1: Yeah, well... I was looking for more under-the-radar guys, but I will give some names here um, of more obvious guys. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, like I said, dude's a beast. Uh, defensive lineman from South Carolina. He's just wrecking stuff, and um, his measurables are insane. He might end up being a top-ten pick by the end of this this process, so this might not even be a valid point anymore. Um, but... If, he was, if he's on the board at 14, I think the Bucks definitely have to consider adding him. Um, another guy, obviously, sort of the obvious one, Justin Herbert is there. He is the, the top quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah recently had Justin Herbert to Tampa Bay in his uh, first mock draft, uh, I believe, released today. And, I mean, Herbert's got all the tools you want. However, I believe he's a surefire top-ten pick. So... Unless the Bucks are trading up, which is highly unlikely, I wouldn't expect Herbert to land in Tampa. And then, you know, you got some other guys. Um, you, you know, uh, there's Javari Zanuga, I believe, uh, Florida guy. F- uh, Florida fans, you probably know him very well. Um, and, and there's there's a ton of this other talent here. But a few names that I wanted to point out. Uh, I, I wanted to look for guys that were sort of in that, second round to like fifth round so it was a wide range and um i ended up pulling i believe four players so my first player is a guy that i just really like i've liked for a while it's uh, josh jones off of the tackle from houston and I, th- I think you know that i sort of have a draft crush on this guy but yeah um t67 310 pounds now the issue with him, and the reason why I believe he'll probably be a second rounder, not a first rounder, is because he still is pretty raw. Um, you know, he might need to be given the, sort of the Alex Kappa treatment, to where he doesn't start right away because I don't think he'll be ready to start day one. But I think if you get this guy in the building, this guy can, I believe can play both both sides of the line, um, left or right, and. I think he would be not a star player, but just a really solid player for you for a long time if he's developed right. Like I said, he's he hasn't been playing football for that long, so um, he is sort of inexperienced. And like I said, he is raw, but you get you get that guy and you work with him. You get a veteran off of maybe keep DeMar Dotson. I know a lot of people don't like that, but you keep DeMar Dotson, let him sit behind DeMar Dotson or Donovan Smith. I think it could really turn out well. Uh, another guy going, uh, staying on the offensive side. I actually have two wide receivers on here, so I'll talk about the one first. Uh, Denzel Mims from Baylor. I am a big Denzel Mims fan. He's a senior. Um, last year, he had 66 receptions, 1,020 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns, and then the year before that, he had sort of a down year. It was kind of a down year for him. 794 yards, eight receiving touchdowns. But he really bounced back uh, this year. Had a strong sophomore year before that. Went, dipped in his junior year, and then came back with a strong senior year. Uh, I, I think this guy has all the tools. Uh, 6'3", 280 two Two hundred fifteen pounds. Sorry, uh, I think he's, he has all the tools to be a solid, you know, third or fourth wide receiver, and maybe even a second wide receiver. Who knows? Um, reminds me a little bit of Chris Godwin, like the, the build wise. Not really saying talent or so, but just build wise, reminds me a lot of Chris Godwin. So I think he could be had in a fourth or fifth round. So yeah. And the other wide receiver is a guy that a lot of well, maybe. Not a guy that a lot of Bucks fans will recognize, but a guy, a name that a lot of Bucks fans will recognize. That's uh, Michael Pittman, uh, Jr. There you go. <laughs> um, so he is a he's a wide receiver, and he has been sort of on my radar for a while. He went to USC. Uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about already, Michael Pittman Jr. is the son of former Buccaneers running back and Super Bowl winning running back Michael Pittman. So he's from USC, uh, is a senior, and I mean he's just been productive. I don't like him as much as Mims, and that's why I'm not really going to do much of a profile on him. But he's just a name I want to throw out there. Um, just you know, it's it's fun because it'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think he's probably a fifth or sixth round guy. Oh, we last...
0: of those prodigy stories in Tampa. I mean, you had Verity Jr. hit <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of former, well, Buck kids roll through the place in the past.
1: Maybe, uh maybe like Warren Sapp's kid someday. Yeah, uh, right. Um, so, and then the last guy I have, I've talked about all offensive players, and the last guy I have here is uh, Daryl Taylor. Uh, He's an outside linebacker. Well, he's an edge, but I mean, he'll play outside linebacker most likely um, in this defense. So he's an edge rusher from Tennessee, and he's just really productive. I think it's been his stock has kind of dipped a little bit, but it's not nothing that he's done wrong. I think it's just he sort of had a similar year this year that he did last year. And I think that's what really hasn't really helped him. So he had uh, eight and a half sacks this year, one forced fumble, uh, 28 solo tackles, 46 total tackles. The year before that, he had eight sacks, uh, 36 total tackles, 27 solo tackles, and three forced fumbles. So his disruption of getting fumbles was much better in 2018. But I just think he's just a solid player that – yet again another guy I don't think you can just throw in there and throw the wolves but I mean if you draft that kind of third round I think you're going to see the potential in them and it, it, it's worth a shot to me
0: yeah there's a lot of talent around this game I mean like you said Justin oh yeah love um or Justin Love I'm sorry but uh yeah Justin, Justin Love had a rough day had a rough day today
1: um yeah he uh, his accuracy was all over the place, and he didn't really help his draft stock out today. But you know, like I said, you had a whole another week of practice, and you got the game. So one her bad day isn't isn't going to hurt you.
0: Yeah, there is a guy on the offensive line that I've been looking at, and um, I, I don't don't think you mentioned him. But uh, Josh Jones out of Houston, you know. Yeah, you about yeah, was that my first, was my first guy. Okay, all right, just making sure, <laughs> just making sure. But yeah, uh, Josh Jones is a guy in particular that I'm looking at because I don't know how you have your draft board set up, but I would still like. He's very the high. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is. I, I would still like the Bucks to take an offensive lineman in the first round. Um, you know, best player available. Let's say Javon Kinlaw is there at 14. I'll be okay with them taking a stud defensive lineman. But uh, is a really, stud? Yeah, he.
1: he is. I'm starting to really, really like him. Yeah. Um, still like Caleb on Chase on more. But you know, the edge rusher from LSU, I'm in love with that guy. But
0: yeah.
1: Javon Kinlaw, if they can land that guy and put him next to Vita Vea, that's – yeah.
0: Yeah. Now let me ask you another question. There was that player that people had really talked about at 14, uh, Delpit. He didn't look good in the national championship game. Mm-hmm. He uh, he had a rough night. Do you think that affects his draft stock?
1: No, because I, I think he was probably projected to be anywhere from like twelve to twenty. I think he'll go in that range. Grant Delpit, I, I'm not the biggest fan, to be honest with you. Yeah. Especially, I just don't think this team can invest more high draft picks into the secondary. I I, do, I really don't. When is it gonna stop? You yeah. know, uh, you drafted. Th- you know, you have drafted two corners in the second round. Uh, in in twenty what was it eighteen correct, and you drafted a safety in the fourth round that same year. Then the next year you draft a corner in the second, you draft a corner in the third, and you draft a free safety in the third. Like it's it's time to, to relax on that you know. These, these guys <laughs>
0: definitely do have have to have time to develop, and and we said months ago you know people started bringing up the draft, and I remember that after VH3 left, people were still saying that the Bucks need to take a secondary player in the first round which doesn't seem like that's what we're going to do. It, it doesn't seem yep. likely whatsoever, but yeah. there's just there's nothing good that putting another young guy back there is going to do. Now, let me follow that up with this question because I actually got this question. Someone messaged the show not too long ago and asked this. So, let's say you do bring in a vet this off-season in free agency. You've got a guy back there to play corner. Who do you sit? <laughs>
1: That's a good question. I I think it all depends on the vet. I I don't see if you would have asked me that around week eight or so, I would have said, you know, well, they'll probably just, they're going to get a starting guy and just sit somebody. Right. Um, now it's a little bit different. Now I, I think that they might go a little bit lower tier. Um, maybe a name that I've not really heard, but a name that sort of intrigues me is Rashad Breeland from Kansas city, depending on the price. Um, Morris Claiborne, yet again, let's try that one again, depending on the price. Um, Just just a a guy for just depth that's a veteran and can still contribute.
0: And another thing as well, would you rather them get a corner, a guy who can contribute, or, I mean, are we looking at someone who can play over-the-top safety and get that cushion? Because I'm under the impression, I I still... I mean, we've mentioned it before, but do you still think they're going to move on from Justin Evans? Maybe
1: I don't think they move on from Justin Evans, but if I was running the team, I would maybe just sign depth at corner. Very low, low signings there. Not, not guys that a lot of people are going to get excited over. Right. But I would sign a starting safety, um, either a guy like Jimmy Ward or Haha Clinton Dix. I would sign one of those guys. Um, feel like you know it, it's time to. You know, like let Mike Edwards continue to develop, but get this, get one of those guys, get a starting safety next to Jordan Whitehead. Keep your depth in the secondary, and just try your best to you know keep developing Mike Edwards. Hopefully, Justin Evans can come back. You know, you still don't know. That's that's the biggest thing with right. him. Um, but. Like I said, I would personally—I don't know if they will—but personally, I would sign a starting safety. Not big money. I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't. You know, if, if there, any of those guys get past you know five to six million dollars a year, I'm probably out. But right. um, probably six million dollars is like my limit to spend. If they if they want any more than six, I'm like, no, it's okay. But um, I would definitely go after a starting safety. So if you ask me, who'd rather probably safety? Yeah.
0: I got you there. I think I'm with you, too. I think going to safety is a safer route, pun intended. Um, But, yeah, I I can totally understand the need there. And that's the thing with this young secondary is that you don't want to throw another young guy back there. You want to give these guys time to develop. And, I mean, they're not going to come as hot out of the gate as they were at the end of the season, the beginning of next season. I just don't think they will. I don't think they're going to look as good as they did week 17, week one next year. You never know everyone could have a good camp and show up healthy and be ready to play but they're going to need time to develop and i mean second half of last season was any indication these guys are going to fit in just fine so having a mm-hmm. veteran back there a uh, veteran hopefully at the safety position i think is only going to do wonders for this yeah. young half. now I,
1: I will say though if they can get if they can get a guy like Logan Ryan from Tennessee if his i i think his price will be too high but if his price isn't crazy I personally think they would be crazy not to do it. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, they they showed flashes, but they still are rookies, man. And Logan Ryan had a great year this year, had a solid year last year, and I just think he's he's a pretty good player, and I think he'd instantly step in and contribute. So, like, if a guy like that and his price tag isn't as low, like, let's say, you know, I'm expecting him to sign a deal from like anywhere from like ten to twelve million dollars a year. But let's say reports are, you know, he's looking like he's getting like eight and a half million a year for like three, four years. I'm in on that. Like um, and I I, like having those rookie corners wouldn't stop me from that. And it shouldn't stop them from
0: that. Right. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting time of year. There's a ton of things to look at. Like we said, you've got the senior bowls being played right now. The Reese senior bowl this weekend. Take a look at that and make sure you scout out the players that Evan told you to because otherwise he'll hunt you down and uh, it won't be good. So make sure you're watching that game this weekend if you're a big man. Fan you made me sound draft. so vicious. <laughs> he'll 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 find you and he'll unfollow you on Twitter right to your face. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And uh, yeah, make sure you do that. Make sure you stay informed, guys. That's what's important. Is we opened up the show, we talked about a lot of the rumors that you hear right now. Until we have confirmation from the team that they are headed a certain direction, and this has to do with everything. This has to do with Jameis. This has to do with the new uniforms. Until you hear confirmation from the team or an incredibly trusted source, just take everything with a grain of salt. It's that time of year. People want the attention on Twitter, and it is what it is. So, of course, we'll have to see how things happen, but uh, here's hoping for the best. Go Bucks! Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Canon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for watching with video on YouTube or listening anywhere that you can hear a podcast. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Canon Fire Podcast. Just search the name and you will find us. Social media is the number one source for all updates on the show. You want to know what's going on? You want to know when we're recording next? That is the place to be. And uh, while you're there, let me tell you a little bit about those awesome merchandise we have. We've got the t-shirts still for sale, plenty of size, well, plenty of sizes, two sizes, uh, plenty of shirts left, and both colors still pretty much full stock. So if you guys want to check that out, order info is on our social media. Of course, you can always hit us up on email, candidfirepodcast at gmail.com. Com. The stickers. Now, I hinted last week that uh, something good is going to be coming with the stickers, and I really rattled my brain and like was thinking of a clever way that we could give those away, but I just I don't think I can do it. So here's the deal. Any interaction that you have with the show from listening to this specific part of the show, if you send me an email and say, Rhett, man, I really enjoy the show, and I heard you talking about how to get free stickers at the end of the show... This is the way to do it. Send us an email at cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com and you'll get yourself a free pack of CFP stickers on the house. And of course, those stickers and t-shirts that we just mentioned would not be possible without our friends at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. They are a proud sponsor of CFP, and they've been hooking it up for Tampa Bay businesses since 2001. If you have an image for your business, they are going to make sure it's taken care of in the most professional way possible. They start out small. You can do stickers, you can do business cards, you can do patches, you can do whatever you need. If you really want to bump it up, go to apparel, do some banners, do some uh, window wrap. I mean, these guys literally do anything. They do full car wraps. I know we've said that before, but I'm going to remind you again. Any size, any scale, any job, they're going to make sure that it gets done for you. So make sure you give them a call at 813 684 fifty four forty four, and of course you can check out the website at Pinecrestprinting.com. It is rumor season, people. Stay safe, stay informed, and make sure you stay tuned to the Cannon Fire Podcast. We've got some good stuff coming up for you this off season and maybe a special guest on next week's show. Who knows? I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for Evan Wanish, and we'll catch you guys next time. As always, go Bucks
1: Thank you for listening to Believe